Whenever you're ready. And should I look there or anywhere? In situ. In situ. Yeah, it's uh, in situ, in situ, in situ, in situ. That is so good. In situ, in situ, in situ, in situ. Okay, so in situ. In situ is the name of the European platform for artistic creation in public space. Led by Lieu Public, we are based in Marseille, France, and in this podcast, you will hear the voices of our members who live and work all across Europe. Nature, social justice, cultural identity, digital spaces, communities, regeneration of places. Each episode will bring a specific topic of conversation between three of our members. A partner, an associate artist and an associate citizen. Uncommon Spaces is the name of our current project and we welcome you to the Institute podcast. Mikey Martins is our partner in this episode. He is the artistic director and CEO of Freedom Festival in the UK. Alina Stockinger is our associate artist. She works in Austria and in Spain and is a member of Fiera Terrega and Electrico 28. And our third guest, Fabienne Kemener, is our associate citizen. She co-leads the National Agency for Urban Psychoanalysis in France. And we start off this first episode with a discussion around the topic regeneration of places. What does it mean for artists and cultural operators working in the public space? And what is public space? The place where I work is a city called Hull in the northeast of England. And that city has undergone a quite radical transformation in the last six or seven years. So public space and what was geographically the city centre has been regenerated beyond compare from what it was like before. But this, I guess, is a particular city because it's a port city. And actually the centre of the city used to be a very industrialised place and the residential zones of the city were kind of around that. So the city centre was not necessarily a place for public gathering or community, it was more to do with work, in fact. So <coughs> I think public space generally is evolving rapidly in different cities from a UK perspective, but also in each individual city you have another story depending on the, the architecture, the makeup, and particularly residential versus work. I think that doesn't define public space. And then we have another evolution in the UK, which I'm seeing more and more, is that public space, even in the city I'm working in, in Hull, is often co-owned by private developers and the city in the UK. It's a very common thing. So a lot of what we think is public space is technically actually private land. Public space is a place where you meet strangers. So it's a place of encounter uh, where you share a space with strangers and you share it following some rules and norms. And for me, it's interesting as an artist to understand what are those norms and rules and how do I feel about them and how do I position myself? How can I c 
create little cracks inside um, to open up and, and make the whole thing like um, more warm and a place of encounter because I think public space is very often a very pragmatic space, very functional, where we just um, do our tasks and I feel a little bit like as an artist I have the task to make people um, perceive it as this place of encounter, as this place of surprise and uh, actually um, also love. Public space is a place of diversity and I am talking from France where we have been through two years of pandemics, as you, but before it was an assassination attempt and um, for me the public space is losing freedom. We have to deal with it and uh, we have to not denying the restraints but deal with that and uh, reclaim freedom. In my place, we have to think and to work with different fields, working in urban factory and uh, create a place of agora as it was before in Greece. It was a place where we could talk with philosophers, with different people and, uh, and now it seems that there is no place for that. With Freedom Festival, which I um, direct in the UK, because of the nature of the festival, we do have a big talks program and debates program. And this year we're presenting a series of that in public space for the first time. And I'm seeing this more and more with festivals and events is actually, maybe there's a new generation of direction or there's a different urgency. But I saw in Tarraga uh, in 2019 as well, uh, the Tarraga Festival, huge, amazing arts festival in, in, a, in a small town near Barcelona. It opened in 2019 with a philosophical debate mm. in public space, not with a show with fireworks and video mapping. And I think there's something shifting in the kind of work that we're doing where we're actually saying, okay, we've got 100,000 people coming to the city over two days. What are we going to say? Can we have a debate? Can we have a discussion? And I hope that we see more of that in what we mean by art in public space. Does it always have to be performance or you know, can, it, can it be a debate? Can that be an event? So I, I think there's a kind of slow movement back towards discussions in public space, which I think is really interesting historically. And at the same uh, time, I think it's very important not to forget about the bodies, no? the, that, that we need the bodies in the space in order to experience the public space, really. It's not just about um, thinking and reflection, but also about the experience of the space. And I, I agree that it's very important to especially in the field of, of street arts that has been so driven by like big shows with fireworks, as you were saying, and, and millions, masses of people watching and like, like parties, really, huge parties. And I, I, I think that this should not get lost. But we are now, after the pandemic and in the whole situation the world is in, uh, yeah, we're just in another phase somehow, no? And... and 
if we do this party, I think it has to come from another way. It has to it it, it has to develop out of another need that it used to be, maybe. Um, but I think we should recover the party in public space. Mm. We have to. And it would be nice to to find a way uh, of of transiting from from the agora reflections to a big party. Actually, I think that would be a beautiful project to do. It, it's the way to feel human. <laughs> it's a way to strengthen the links, and uh, I think that um, we have to feel what is the attachment we have with a place. If we're talking about a regeneration of places, we have to know where we are, what uh, is the root of the place we are, and have uh, um, experiences of this place. But debate, it's really important. It's important that we see the work of artists, creativity in public space. I think it's important we don't just get stuck in a silo of art in public space because artists don't work like that. The kind of producers and partners in situ do not work like that. They work with academics, they work with scientists, they work with environmentalists, they work with migrant communities, they work with people who identify with disability or illness or health. So there's already this ring of associates around the artists. So if we can mobilize all those different satellites and somehow bring that together in public space, then for me, that would be a more democratic use of public space. But as Alina said, I'm not saying don't have a party. And I'm not saying don't have a spectacle with, with 20,000 people because when we talk about large-scale work in public space, there was definitely a generation of artists that made large-scale work. This generation is ending, and it feels like this next generation of artists are maybe not so interested in large-scale. But I would say that for the audience, for 10,000 people to stand shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder with strangers in public space is almost like a primal need. So that's like you say about the party or the spectacle because it seems that a lot of the issues we have in this moment in society are because of the fear of the other. So if you can contrive a situation, let's say a festival is like a, a ruse, a trick to come to bring you all together, you must have that moment of celebration and joy and you must contrive and, and respect and understand that if thousands of strangers are going to stand side by side, what is it you want them to feel or to celebrate? We are not only here to celebrate. I think that we are here to think the places too. There is an exorbitant power to town planners and not enough for inhabitants, for artists. And uh, it's time to have a, another way to rebuild the city. And um, when you're working on a, a place like we are here, uh, we, you have to make a, a diagnosis, uh, and then you have to design, and then uh, you have to, uh, to build and to celebrate, uh, and then you have to activate it. And for that, I think that artists can be uh, at all these scales, at all these moments of the 
of the, the town planning. We, you, you can interact at all these moments. And we always think for artists only at the end, when it's time to say, yes, it's very beautiful what you have thought without us. <laughs> and uh, I think that um, we have to, to think otherwise yeah, and I think it's happening within C2 now that um, some artists are being contacted by some citizens that are people that are associated to the network that are not artists and not um, people who have festivals or are part of other cultural art institutions. So uh, there's people who, who are urban planners, for example, who have invited artists to help them to plan parts of of a city, for example. And I think this is a, a good step. Um, even though <laughs> I have the feeling that the um, grass real grassroots places are not born from urban planning. It's the places that are already there that people take over and regenerate. And it's very hard from the outside to go there and tr try to make it alive, a place. Um, I don't know, but in Graz, for example, there is this huge new quarter in, in Austria, in the city of Austria, 300,000 inhabitants, and they have built a whole new um, yeah, city quarter, and it's called Reininghausgründe, and they have sort of uh, giving agency to the Street Theater Festival of Graz to form part of this planning. And it's really hard to plan if there's yet nothing there, no? Like, it's very hard to build up something from zero. And it's maybe not very natural, and, and uh, we will make mistakes. <laughs> we maybe make, as artists, the same mistakes as some urban planners. Because what is happening all over, I think, is that public space is getting more and more like um, globalized. So there's the same cities, uh, there's the same streets in every city, same, same shops, same cafes, same everything. So it doesn't matter whether you are in Hungary or you are in the UK or you are in the States, even it's, it's the same. <laughs> and you, yeah. You, you couldn't tell and it works the same and you go to Ikea and it's the same, you know where everything is because it's the same in every place. So um, really it's about um, also valuing a lot those places where things are, are like really growing from the ground, you know, these grassroots places. You talked about building from zero. I think that zero doesn't exist. There is always uh, neighbors, there is always um, buried stories, there is always non-human, <laughs> there is always, we don't build from zero. And uh, I think that we have now to, to make tools to talk about that. What do you feel when you are here? What, what is the atmosphere, the ambience? There is uh, yeah. so many ways to, to perceive, to, to feel a, a landscape. We have to, to, to build some space to talk about that. And then planners, and then uh, we'll build something more relevant, I think. Regeneration, you're right. You're not regenerating, it's already there. It's funny now when you say it like that, and I think you think about the word, because it is, yeah, it's, it's actually it's bizarre, isn't it?
It's a strange definition because are we just trying to regenerate the past because that was glorious? Regeneration to a time that it was before? Is that what we're doing? Are we trying to... So I think regeneration is possibly... Uh, it might have slipped into the language incorrectly because there's for me, I see a lot of work around placemaking. Okay, and to... And that is all about celebrating the heritage and identity of this place and the authenticity. I think authenticity is really important because as um, Alina was touching on before about the homogenization of the same shops, it's not authentic. It doesn't feel authentic. If I go to Barcelona, it feels all, certain parts of Barcelona feel very authentic to me. They feel like this is Barcelona, but not not. Um, Grazia or places that they feel a bit like oh, that could be anywhere so something about authenticity and there's something about placemaking and so it seems that regeneration is about placemaking putting this place on the map making it more popular for tourists and for the local population maybe it's going to really nice places I don't know but there is more benches coming back and the benches are on a slight angle so you have to look at each other. So people start conversations. I'm seeing a shift in public space as well. Why is that intended? I don't know, because that might be just to drive people to the shops. You know, that might be what it's for. So it still might be the kind of capitalist gain, if you like, which is, I guess, what we're touching on in terms of private and public. <coughs> but I think there's a shift happening. So I don't know, regeneration and then gentrification, I think, is, I think it's too easy to see gentrification as a negative. I do. I think that's a problem in our more creative left field society because actually it does open the doors for new things. It does open the doors for a new business to grow. So gentrification is not necessarily a negative. I think the problem is that um, it's just not uh, available anymore for a lot of people. And if the governments would um, put limits to, to the rent and everything, it could be something that is even desirable. But it's not like that in most places. But then I think that, okay, moving on is also good. When we, we work with a city very, very old, sometimes the inhabitants say, oh, we have the history on the back. It's so <laughs> heavy. Uh, we can create anything. And uh, some city as uh, Brest, uh, Le Havre, Saint-Nazaire, that has been totally destroyed during the war. And uh, inhabitants say, here we can create, we feel more free. I am not saying that we, uh, we need to destroy a city to, <laughs> to feel free. <laughs> you have to deal with buried story. Sometimes a ruins is a, a really beautiful place and we, we have to preserve it, we have to keep it. It's really important for the symbols, for the story of the city. But sometimes you have to create places of uh, creativity. When we lay the city on the coach, we listen to everybody, to all the stories. I'm just thinking now about, about the transformation I've seen in, in, in Hull in the last seven years. So I guess the purpose of gentrification and regeneration of that city is from the local authorities' position is to make life better for the people who live there. 
So there is always going to be a logic somewhere up the chain that is doing that for the good of the people. But, you know, that does mean that if we want, we want a vibrant cultural city because that means that then the employers can attract really great employees because they want to live in Hull because there's a lot happening. So there is a, I guess at some point in that conversation, there is a positive intention. But as Alina said, that also means you start pricing people out. You have a, a very unequal society. So of course that is going to happen. So how do you factor that in? I think you can. I think one big problem is that it's getting very hard to really do things in the public space. Like you need um, to apply months before to get the permission to do like very simple stuff yeah. that maybe is there just for two hours and you have to follow the same protocols as like some huge um, commercial event that is going to block that place for a whole month because it's the football European uh, championship, no? Like it, it, it's somehow absurd how, um, how difficult it is made for, for people who, who want to do like really low impact mm. activities um, and that it's getting so difficult. Like uh, in France, I think it's very hard to get yeah. permission uh, if you, you don't apply like three months <laughs> before. Impossible now. And uh, we in Spain, we, we really, um, w when we perform on our own, we don't ask for permission. And if it's festivals, yes, it's the festivals who, who care for the permissions, but it's, I know that it's always like difficult. It's, it's made difficult to do things. So that's a pity, I think. And that's something to regenerate, to make it easier for, for arts to be present on the streets, on the squares, and make uh, things happening there that are not commercial and capitalistic. I think we need more anarchy. <laughs> yeah. What? We need more anarchy. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe sometimes... Like you say, you do go and just perform in public space. You do just go and make a film. You've you, you've done, you know, and I think maybe, I think there is a, the, 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 the context has changed, of course. So from the 90s to where we are now in that 30-year cycle, let's go back a bit further. The kind of anarchy of art in public space came from an anarchic movement and intention to take art from the galleries, to take it to the street, to take the streets. The Reclaim the Streets movements in the 90s in the UK, the free party scene and all of those things. I, I, I do wonder whether we, whether too many people are looking to somebody else to take responsibility. We, we talk about this a lot in the, in the festival world of programming work. Where's the anarchy? Where's the, the danger almost in a you know, controlled, safe, we've done the plan thing, <laughs> kind of way. But, you know, there's there's something happening there. And, I, and, and it's interesting you say about, yes, we have to ask permissions, but do we? Or Maybe for a big event, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. wonder where there might be a moment of actually, we need to take to the streets. Yes, we reclaim do. Reclaim our street. We do have to be able to spontaneously do things that are not the normal things to do. Take more risk in that sense also, because... In general, I have made the experience with with the work I'm doing with the company. I work with the collective Electrico 28. Um, we rehearse all the time on the street. 
and for those rehearsals we don't have any permissions and I would say 98% of the cases the reaction is positive and people are happy about something happening that is not the norm but I think um, yeah it's I have the feeling for me as a performer in public space I I I feel responsible for opening up the uses and and the, the the kinds of relationships that are happening in the streets and the kind the, the ways we connect to yeah those are things I want to regenerate. For me, uh, there is something to regenerate. It's uh, to experiment. You have a place you want to regenerate it. You have to test. And uh, you put something, you put a shape on the public space, and you see what happened. It is appropriated. Is it okay? Not? Can we think <laughs> differently? And then you build. For me, art helps that to test some uses, to 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 understand the place, and uh, and to 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 fail. Uh, it's if <laughs> it's important, <laughs> but sometimes we experiment a lot, but we don't systemize some good idea. We have a knowledge of invisible, but we don't know how to evaluate it. I think in Barcelona there are some good examples for that mm -hmm. because they have made like, um, they have transformed huge streets into um, places without cars. They're called the super islands, super illas. And it's actually um, very nice because they, they just put some, it's, it's very like rudimentary, you say that? And they just put some um, pots with uh, trees there. And then um, they really draw like games on the street so that people, and I say people because I also think that adults can use those games, that people play and engage again um, in connection um, via a game, not necessarily via a conversation, because maybe it's not what, what we want to do with a stranger, but it's much easier to to have a run together or to uh, go through a labyrinth, no? And I think um, we're forgetting a lot that as adults we also have a need to play together and that this is a very strong way of connecting and that from that kind of connection you can talk about a lot of things, but the mood will already be more relaxed, the ice will be broken, and you will be able to um, talk about things that you would have never talked about before, maybe, with a stranger. That is really positive, because back to that gentrification comment or regeneration comment, you're right, there is positive regeneration happening. There is mm. positive. You go to Montreal, there is a massive thing with swings, right in the middle of the centre. You know, you've got, there is cities that are moving in that direction. Pianos. And pianos on the streets. Mm -hmm. Luke Jerram. Hats off to Luke for that idea many years ago, which is now globally, you know. Is that there is an interesting thing, isn't there, when does it always take times of crisis for real positive change to happen? Because of the climate crisis and an emergency that we're living through, we have to have less traffic. Therefore, we will have more pedestrianised streets. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, how these things, COVID, in the pandemic during the pandemic in the UK 
because there was less people on the streets who were in lockdown, there was many, and there was also a lot of um, grants from the government to green your city during 2021. So those new cycle lanes were suddenly built because there was less traffic. It was the right moment. So it seems sad, but perhaps we can take some positives from, in times of crisis, we might, might see some positive regeneration. I think there is something for me is a really, uh, yes, public spaces owned by different people in different cultures and different countries at different times of day, mm. which I find really sad in the UK. My parents are both Portuguese. And I remember when I was in my early 20s, first going to, well, Spain and Portugal, actually, anywhere in that kind of region and seeing old people on the street at midnight playing backgammon or having a conversation and then thinking about my ageing parents sitting in a small house in, in the UK. They would never go onto the street at night because more often than not, and I'm, it's not just the UK, it's in many countries, Australia, similar parts of Canada, Europe, Holland, many places are similar. You have this moment where public space becomes owned by alcohol and therefore becomes a sort of violent space or violent but um, more threatening. What I've always tried to do professionally and in work is be very inspired by those European countries, particularly in terms of festivals and working in public space one thing we say a lot with the, with Freedom Festival in Hull is we program to make sure that families and old people feel excited and they want to stay out until as late as possible. And that completely transforms the atmosphere of public space. Yes, it's a festival, but it's more than that. It's fundamental. If you see children and old people in the street, you behave differently. Yeah, I, th I also think that you can sort of um, give value to a place that is like stigmatized a lot by programming like artwork that uh, engages with the people of the area in a emotional way in some way um, perceiving every insignificant thing as something valuable and I think that is possible then immediately you, you change your perception towards the concept of beauty, no? And you can start to see things um, as beautiful. And I think that's something that art can do. It can change your relationship because it can change your perception, even though it's just for a short time. It stays in the memories of the people. And it can give like a positive value to, to a place that you might not have perceived before. And I think that's a very strong transformation. Art can reveal or create uh, attachment and not only uh, attractiveness. I think that's a really interesting point because we are instrumentalized a lot for the city as being a really good driver for tourism or economic impact when we put on an event. So I'm very happy to hear that word because I know now when I have that conversation again in two weeks' time, I'll say it's about attachment. It's about emotional attachment. That's why they come back. Because of this emotional attachment. Because of emotional attachment, exactly. This first episode was recorded at Lumen Café in Budapest during our last artistic laboratory. Our next episode will be a discussion around the topic of communities. Feriel Rally and Benjamin Longang 
have been coordinating this podcast and Jeanne Robet has been editing it. This podcast is co-founded by the Creative Europe program of the European Union. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation.